Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Moto America fans. Welcome to another edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I'm Paul Carruthers, the communications manager for Moto America. And I'm joined, as always, by my partner, Sean Bice. I'm in California. He's in Ohio. Our guest today is also in California, only up in that part up top there that's not really as good. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Sean, um, we're back from, where were we? The Ridge. Yes. I was, I was I was pretty happy with The Ridge. It, uh, You know, those first couple of years, this was our fourth year. The first couple of years, I was worried, like, you know, I don't know if this event will take off, if we'll start to get some people. But this year, I was, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like you're in a bar or a restaurant and no one's there. And and all of a sudden, you look up and it's packed. Uh, yeah. It kind of gave me that same feeling, which was cool, because it, it kind of seemed like a, a real event. And, you know, obviously, that gives us hope for uh, for continuing to go there and continuing to grow that crowd. So it was it was nice to see. Yeah, there were a lot of people. I mean, I, I really noticed it this year. It was great. It was great to see that. I mean, they had a little carnival thing going there too, but um, they definitely, definitely had that. It's always that thing. If it's difficult for us to move around the paddock, then that's a good thing because, you know, there's a lot of fans there. So um, it was cool. And it's an underserved area for us. So it's good that we're able to get hit that part of the country. Um, you know, there are fans all over the world and from Moto America, but in our country, certainly it's all over there, this country. And it's nice to get some West coast stuff going in Pacific Northwest is cool. Anyway, what a different world that is. I mean, maybe not so much for you, Paul, I don't know, but it just feels so different from where I'm from, you know, just, the way you know there's just so many trees and it feels like Maine to me a little bit which makes sense I guess um yeah. you get that feeling but yeah it's it is it's a lot different than than down here obviously as well but and it yeah. also works out cool we have that event and then you know we follow it up a weekend off and then follow it up with Laguna Seca so you know all the guys that that travel from the east you know the teams and stuff can kind of uh stay and not have to go back and forth so it, it works out well and the Laguna Seca, the Laguna Seca event, I think is just going to really blow up. I mean, if I, you know, just all the people that are, you know, call me wanting passes and it's funny, I, I got my yearly text from um, Joe Roberts yesterday. So he's, he's all about it. So him and his brother are going to come up and, yeah. uh, and media, you know, we're going to have more media there than we, than we've ever had. Um, that's you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be excited. It's going to be one that's going to be difficult to move around in the paddock and, and that's always a good thing and it should be cool. But, um, obviously what we've got a guest here today that I think is, is probably looking forward to Laguna Seca, um, as much or, or even more than us because of, uh, the success he's had there and also it's racing close to home for him. So I know he gets a lot of family and friends. So let's welcome in Cameron Bobier to the show. Cameron, how are you today? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. So talking about Laguna, I mean, well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about what we've done so far. Uh, there's been four rounds and eight races. You've got three wins, five total podiums, a DNF from a mechanical and a crash because you were a bonehead. So you've <laughs> <laughs> just kidding you pretty much ran the table there on i mean you, you've already done it all now it's just a matter of uh getting rid of the two bad parts and moving on but 
you're 23 points behind uh, Jake Gagne going into Laguna. He's won four races. You've won three. It really comes down to the fact that you do have an extra DNF than he does. And then also we've got, uh, you know, Josh Heron that's that's lurking there in third place. And he also has a victory. So where, where do you how do you rank this season so far? I mean, a lot of us will say we're surprised that you did that you're doing this well this quickly. Are you surprised? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I would say I was I was a little surprised based off of I was surprised with the success we've had so early based off of how testing was going earlier this year because we tried a we were trying a lot of stuff moving the bike around trying some new parts but we knew we had some new parts coming that we got these last these uh this we tested at Brainerd um a new frame swing arm and then also tried some stuff at this this last race at Ridge um but to answer your question yes I, I was a little surprised to be able to win win Atlanta um, even, even at the, during the weekend, cause Jake had man, like eight or nine tenths on us and in, in qualifying and practice on race tires. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I really was able to use my, my bike as a weapon in that race. And, and, uh, it was, it's pretty good on, on used tire or new tires. And I was able to, to track Jake down and, and control the pace cause my bike was so fast, but um, I was doing everything I could just to keep him behind me because I knew if, if he, if he opened up a gap on used tires, uh, I was done for, he was, he was going to ride at home. So, um, it's been, man, it's been an exciting, exciting start to the year though, you know, Cameron, I've got so many questions for you. It's just insane, but I'll, I'll try to calm myself down a little bit here because I'll pace myself. Ducati, he's, he's won a race. Oh. I interrupted you, Cameron. What? I interrupted you. I thought you were. <laughs> Can you hear? Me? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I thought you're. I thought you were saying something. I thought you were saying something. Anyways, yeah. No, it's been super exciting. It's been. I feel like it's been super good for the championship too. Just uh, and the people watching. Just uh, you know, there's been multiple races already. There's three factors on the on the podium, and uh, uh, it's exciting and it's fun. Yeah, my apologies, Cameron. I jumped in too soon. I said I have I have a million questions for you, and I couldn't even. I'm chomping at the bit here. I couldn't even. I, I didn't want to. <laughs> but um, hey, I want to ask you a couple things. So to start with, so you know, we all kind of thought we we know the speed of that BMW, and to your point about Road Atlanta, we thought, okay, you know, Road Atlanta is fast. I mean, it's it's got. They say that that one section is as fast as we go, you know, at, at road America. So you got some speed and we thought, okay, the thing is all about top speed, the handling, I don't know, front end, I'm not sure, but it's like when we get to the tracks that are a little more compact, barber, whatever, um, it's going to be a tougher situation for you. And it's kind of been that way, but it kind of hasn't. I mean, it's weird. Like at, at road America, I mean, you know, Jake, Jake did okay on a track that was, like a speed track sort of thing. So I don't know. Do you think it's really either or with your bike and with your team? Yeah, it's tough to say. Like even still after after how well we did at Ridge and uh, and yeah, we had our struggles at Barber and stuff. But I really think that there's just, I mean, we're just in a situation where each bike has its positives and negatives. 
And uh, I think it's going to make for an exciting, exciting end of the year. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, like for example, Barber, um, I, <laughs> I had the guys work and we, Dave and uh, yeah, Dave, um, we, we were making the, the call to swap some swing arms, even in practice. And that's never what you want to do uh, during, during a practice. You want, you want to be making fine to like fine tuning the bike, getting it ready to go racing. So uh, um, but I mean, it's, uh, the, the guys on my team are so good. They've, they've been swapping that they've swapped the swing on so many times that, uh, they, they've got it down to like five minutes. So it's no problem for them to throw something in, uh, mid session. So, uh, we're, we're slowly, we're slowly getting dialed in. Like I said, we're, we've been getting some new parts and stuff like that. This, um, this last weekend at Ridge, I was, I was coming in and I was not expecting, I was expecting more so along the lines of what we dealt with at Barber, where we were just a little off, um, off the Yamahas. But, uh, Peter, my electronics guy, he, he brought over uh, like some new software from, um, the, from Europe. And, uh, I feel like I really made a little, a little step on the engine brake. And then also we have the, a new swing arm that, we went back and forth on at the test at Brainerd and I really didn't feel anything over a lap, but, uh, when the tire drops, I felt like it was a lot more manageable. And I feel like that's really where we need to take advantage of this, of, of this bike. Cause it, it has so much power. Um, but when you have power, it's, it, it just makes the thing pretty aggressive to ride. So we're just trying to tame it down, especially over race distance. And, uh, and yeah, the guys are doing great. So is your, I'm not sure how much of this in detail you can reveal or whatever, but from what I've observed, and even recently with the story that Road Racing World put out where they were showing your bike, it seems to me that all three that um, all three of the bikes that are with, with your team, I mean, Corey Alexander's bike is different than PJ's bike. PJ's bike is different than yours. And from what I can tell, it looks like yours seems to be the closest to what they're doing in world Superbike, And I know alpha racing has a lot to do with um, your program. Um, is it true that the bikes are actually, they're all BMW M1000 RRs, but there's some differences among all three of them. Is that, is that correct? That is true. That is true. So Corey's on the Corey's on last year's bike. Right. Um, and then PJ and I are on the current bikes. Um, there's not a ton different, but, for example, like I got, I got that new frame that I tried at Brainerd and, uh, it's a little stiffer. It's just braced a little bit stiffer. And that's what, that's what the world Superbike guys are on the BMWs right now over there. That's what they're on. Um, at Brainerd, I noticed that it was stiffer. Um, I didn't go any faster on that frame compared to like what I, what I've been riding on, what I started the year on and, and raced up to this point. Um, but I felt like I think too Brainerd's a little bumpy. It's a little, a little that midsection is a little different. And I felt like it might be a little benefit at some of the other tracks. And uh, I, I, I think it was. I think, I think it was a little step at, um, at Ridge. And so I'm excited to try at Laguna um, and the rest of the year. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to Laguna. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty good. I, I heard that the the new pavement is or the paving company that did road America did Laguna, which I'm pretty excited about because 
road America was just glass smooth. It was, it was a perfect, perfect surface. So that'll be pretty cool at Lagoon. I'm curious to see what Dunlop does bringing like what tires are going to bring and stuff. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to kind of be a reset for everyone just kind of getting used to that new pavement and, and it's in sense, in a sense, it's a new track. Yeah. It's the same configuration, but when you have new pavement, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's just a whole, whole new ball game. So with your bike and the, the changes that I've, I've noticed and what it seems like they put extra bracing on it. It looks like it's in, it's trying to make the frame stiffer. And from what I get, what you, when you were racing in moto two, the last couple of years, those chassis are, are pretty stiff are extremely stiff. So do you, is it to try to, is it to try to make the chassis stiffer so it turns better and does it feel like it's getting more towards the stiffness that you had in your moto 2 bike or can you not even compare the two it's they're so different it's hard to okay. even compare like the moto 2 chassis is so much stiffer than anything i've ever ridden um like they are super unforgiving they're they obviously turn and, and you know they carve the corners like nothing you've nothing i've ever ridden that's for sure but uh the super bike you're just looking for, what we're, what we're looking for right now is just mechanical grip. Um, we have the power and, uh, the thing's pretty good on the brakes. It feels stable. It's got, it's got a good feeling on the front end, but we're, we're looking for just turning and, and some grip, like some edge to pick up grip. And, um, uh, it seems like, it seems like, a, yeah, a stiffer frame is what we needed. And, uh, we've messed with some other, like some other bracing, um, on the stock frames also. And it seems like when we, at least for me, when we go a little bit stiffer with the frame, um, we are able to find a little more, a little more grip. So, uh, definitely there's a balance to everything. Cause if you go too stiff, uh, then you start running into chatter and some other problems. So, um, we're definitely still just kind of finding our way but, but it, it's, uh, it's going good so far. When you, when you get the mechanical grip that you're looking for, when you, you know, you've got a swing arm that you're happy with, you've got a, the chassis frame that you're happy with at that point, does it just turn into messing with electronics? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I too mean, that part never stops, right? Exactly. Exactly. And like, from what I was saying too, with the engine braking too, it's, uh, sometimes like you can go in a, and, and like down the wrong, the wrong way, because you're thinking like, Oh, maybe, maybe we can max mask this with electronics, or maybe it's like, it's like the chassis problems making me feel like I'm losing grip on the side of the tire and all that stuff. But, uh, it's pretty easy to spin yourself in circles on this thing, but that's why, that's why I'm, I've been happy with like the progress we've made because when you're trying to go forward on a super bike, it is, it is pretty easy to go backwards. Now I can tell by, you know, your demeanor and seeing you in the paddock and, you know, hearing to you talk and reading your quotes, et cetera. And it, I mean, I can tell that it's a, it's a much more relaxed Cameron Bobier and you're happy and you go home on Mondays and, you got the new baby and things are pretty good right now for Cameron Bobby. Am I right? I'd say so, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'd, I'm, I, I'm happy. I'm happy right now. I've, I've got a pretty solid program 
um, it's been, been nice to fly home on Sunday nights and, and come back to Shelby and, and Brody and the dogs. And, uh, yeah, man, just having that, having Brody and, and, uh, just seeing that healthy little baby is, it just puts a smile on my face. I can stare at him all day. He's, uh, <laughs> he's pretty fun. So, and, and, you know, besides that, it's been, uh, it's just been cool having a new challenge. You know, it's nice. It's nice coming back from Europe after what I've been able to learn over there and just those experiences. And, and, uh, yeah, it was tough and I'm sure I was grumpy at times, a lot of times, but, uh, it was, it was really an amazing experience, you know, like looking back on it now, like, yeah, in the moment, uh, it was, it was tough for sure. But, um, like just coming back and having like this fresh new chapter with the titlers guys, it's, it's, uh, it's it's fun man it's fun it's fun trying to chase down uh jake and and the guys and uh it's super like motivating when you feel like we're making progress you know what i mean right so uh yeah it's uh it's all good right now it's uh, obviously you know it's not always easy but it's uh it's enjoyable right now it's funny too because in talking to jake gagne he he's actually he's enjoying this more than he enjoyed the years when he just won all the races and i think you know a lot of that has to do with your relationship with him he obviously likes you he has a lot of respect for you you guys have known each other and raced against each other for a long time because he wasn't that way and he will tell you like he did not want petrucci to beat him you know what i mean that would grind him a lot more than cameron bovier beating him just because of the situation the guy comes from europe and all that stuff and you guys are always pretty good about, you know, being happy for the other guy when he wins. But it's it is funny to me, and it's great to see that that Gagne is like really having fun because he he feels like he has somebody to battle with every week. Yeah, no, for sure, it's uh, it's fun, man. Like I I've always, I mean, I've always rated Jake's talent level like off the charts. He's he's. Uh, well, I'm gonna interrupt incredible. you for a second because that when you left and and we talked we talked to you or I talked to you you told me you're like Gagne you better watch out for Gagne because he'll win that championship and not many people at that time probably thought that but you got that right so I want to give you some credit for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah no for sure like I said uh when it comes to just pure talent on a motorcycle like any form of motorcycle dirt street whatever like that dude he's uh he's on the the top of the list um that's for sure. I feel like, I feel like a guy like that, like he, he really appreciates and uh, just like respects his, like what he has here, you know, like he has, he has a life outside of race racing, which I really expect. Like he lives up in Colorado. He really enjoys his time home, going out with his family or his, you know, his dog and like and doing his thing up there. Um, and not, I'm not saying racing is like just a job to him. Like he obviously he really enjoys racing like I do, but like he has, he has, he enjoys his life outside of racing. And, uh, I feel like he didn't really get like, he didn't really get great opportunities over in Europe to really show like what he's, what he's made of. Um, so like maybe that's kind of a bummer, but I mean, look what he's done here in the last couple of years. It's, it's super impressive. So definitely every, every time that guy beats me, I know, uh, um, I know why, like he's, he's an incredible rider for sure. 
and he and he's my buddy on top of it so it's cool yeah it's a it's definitely a cool rivalry um I want to talk about team dynamics a little bit uh you touched on it somewhat and I know when you were with Yamaha it was well known and it was such a family atmosphere I mean I was lucky enough to be part of that for a while too and, and the camaraderie was terrific and when you came back to the U.S. and I knew a little bit about Titlers and had talked to Michael Kiley a little bit but there was such an unknown at the beginning of the season of how this team was going to come together and I really wasn't sure but I'm very very impressed now particularly with your group of people um, I've known Dave Weaver for a long time and it's funny. He wears those tinted glasses. And for a while I was like, you know, he's, he doesn't say a lot, but man, that guy is hilarious. He is so funny. I mean, we watch him on P pressure to rise and he's always got some quip. So he's got a real good attitude. And of course your, your guy, Seb Fontanelle, I think it is. I really like him, um, as well. I don't know the guy that stood on the podium with you at Ridge. Uh, Paul and I were talking about it, but I, I understand you really get along with him really well. Is that right, Cameron? Yeah, my my team is cool, man. Like especially now these these uh, these last couple rounds, because obviously it's a new team to me. We've been testing uh, during the off season and stuff, and uh, we had a few races together. But you don't really get to know someone that well. It takes it takes a it takes a few rounds, you know. So we built a, a we built a good relationship, and yeah, Dave's funny, man. He's he's got a dry sense of humor, and yeah. and some of the stuff he says just cracks me up. His one liners, and uh, I don't even know an example, but some of the stuff he says just on the grid, just to like lighten the mood, is just it just cracks me up. Um, but and then also, you know, Seb, my mechanic, he's a super good mechanic. And Ferdy, uh, Ferdy is my buddy, uh, and they're both French, so they're speaking French to each other. No one knows what they're saying. Like maybe they're just talking crap. Who knows uh, about the rest of us? But they're they they're super good mechanics, um, and yeah, they have us have us really dialed in on the weekends. And uh, trust me, we've been changing a lot of stuff lately, but um, it's been cool. It's been super cool. I really like. Um, that Michael Kiley gave me the opportunity to bring Ferdy over um, and get a, get him his visa and all that stuff from the world championship. Cause he, he loves America. He really wanted to come over to America. Um, he's all into downhill. He's going to go ride. Um, he's going to go ride up at North star this weekend, do, do some lift runs and stuff. And, um, and he just loves, he loves America. He loves California. And um, so it's pretty cool. He got that opportunity and uh yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's cool. Also, just bringing in some young blood to the to the paddock. You know, he's for how much he's done already at twenty five. He's worked in the world championship for six years or something now, and so uh, it's yeah, it's. I feel like that's what we need. We need we need some young blood um, coming into this paddock, and so yeah, big thanks to Michael for letting that letting that happen. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I got to give a shout out to your other guy, your electronics guy, Peter. So it's funny. He's Dutch. And um, I was on the bus from the rental car place over to the terminal. And there were a million people on there. And I looked over and he was kind of a ways back. And so I like in the middle of the crowd, 
yelled out, hey, Peter Shouten. And he kind of looked, looked around. Me. I waved to him. So I waited till he got off the bus. And I said, are, are you going back to the Netherlands? And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm going back home. He said, and I said, but Laguna, he said, yeah. He said, I'm going back and I'm going to, I'm going to come back here again. But I was surprised to know that he was going to do what he was doing, but he's fairly quiet, but I know he recently, he previously worked with, I think world Superbike Honda's team at one point. So he's a seasoned guy and knows his stuff. Um, what is it like when you sit down? I mean, like, like I used to talk about your dynamic with, with Rick Hobbs and how sometimes you almost didn't really need to say anything. You could almost just, you, you could almost communicate without that, but you've got a couple French guys on the team. You got, you got crazy Dave Weaver who doesn't look like he's, you know, he's, he's a funny guy, but he's hilarious. And then you got Peter who seems pretty quiet. It's like the United Nations over there, but it, are there any issues with language barrier or how you no. you guys? Okay. Uh, I would say at first, at first, because I, I use, I wouldn't call it slang, but I, I use like some different words than Peter understands sometimes when I'm describing what I'm feeling on the bike especially like when I'm worked up and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get my point across. Um, so yeah, we definitely, we're still working through that a little bit, but for the most part, it's great. Like he's great. He's, he really, uh, you really know a guy is good when he can just look at, look at the, look at the data and improve the bike from session to session without, without like, without you even have, having to say anything like he can just look at stuff and okay this we need more eb here we need more tc here we need less power here um the bike's pushing you a little here so uh he's super dialed in and don't don't let him fool you yeah he's he's uh he's mr quiet guy and stuff like that but he's funny too man we got we got, we got a pretty funny team dynamic like he's he's pretty reserved uh and same thing like pretty dry but for yeah for example like i came in after i crashed i was pretty pissed off and i just like whacked the throttle wide open come down pit lane because i was just like i was i was just mad and and uh in our debrief debrief a couple hours later and he it just in his accent he was like yeah next time next time when you're coming down pit lane to make it more dramatic turn the pit limiter off so you know, so you get higher in the RPM and you're throwing a fit and it's just, and then his like little laugh <laughs> it is funny, but, uh, no, he's, it's been great to work with him and, uh, the rest of the guys. And what's cool is he'll go back to, to Germany and it seems like he's always coming back with something like an update or just some info from what the world Superbike guys are, are doing, um, over there and how they're solving prob problems and and like what problems they have so um yeah the whole the whole thing's pretty cool well fortunately chatter is a universal word yeah that's right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> go ahead Man, Sean. i heard it like crazy at ridge everybody was saying that yeah it seemed like ridge there's a couple man like away from the like the little bumps we have here and there like the second to last corner and that tight left after you go up over the hill, there were some bumps there, but I mean, I hadn't ridden there since 2020 and that whole facility is pretty, is pretty amazing now. Like they have a bunch of new pit garages. They have a bunch of new stands. There is a bunch of fans there. I mean, obviously I was 2020. So it was, it was like COVID time when I was there, 
but uh it was really cool to see that place pretty pretty packed compared to what i've seen the last couple of years watching on tv um and the track was amazing like they repaved the track there a couple of years ago from my understanding and just that first chicane was a lot better the curbs are really good it's uh it's a pretty pretty legit track now so there's a guy that used to be your teammate who honestly has been driving me a little crazy this year he wasn't as bad last year but I can't ever seem to get a hold of uh, Garrett Gerloff anymore. He just big times the hell out of me. I'm trying to get him on WhatsApp, whatever. <laughs> on the same bike. You, you, you know how he is, Cameron. Do you That's communicate with him? Mr. Or- big time, dude. That's <laughs> Mr. Big time. No, I'm just kidding. I I was actually just uh, I was actually just talking to him yesterday, just messaging back and forth with him on on WhatsApp about uh, just about the the BMW actually. So yeah, he probably um, wants yours. uh, yeah no i mean you just gotta download snap download snapchat you'll find him on snapchat oh that's it he got a haircut too i saw oh finally god he needed it he needed it so bad (laughs) that was ridiculous jeez did he shave his chin whiskers off too no 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 (laughs) um that's good. I'm glad that you talked to him because I wondered if you guys compared any notes at all with regard to the bike, because, you know, obviously he's, it's early days for him on that bike too. And there's so much that he thinks he can get out of it as well. So um, I remember this was, it had to be 2014 with you. I'll never forget. I think it was the first 2014. Wasn't that the first year you rode the super bike at, at Daytona? The R1? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. I remember at the first practice session, and I tweeted this out then too, and it got a lot of engagement back then, a long, long time ago. But I remember you came in, you may remember this. You said, I just went 190 miles an hour in fifth gear. Oh, no, it was it was like 200 something. Oh, it was 200. Yeah, it was over 200. And <laughs> I remember I, I came in and I was complaining about the lit. I was like, man, like I feel like, because we had a massive tailwind. Um, and going into one i had like i was on the limiter for a while in fifth and i was like yeah like i think uh i think we can go a little a little shorter on the gearing <laughs> um and they're like uh you're you're in sixth gear or you're in fifth gear and i was like what, oh, what? <laughs> yeah hit 200 something miles an hour in in fifth gear is pretty insane I will never forget that. I'm going to take that one to my grave. Every once in a while, it pops in my head and I, I kind of laugh about it. So with that in mind, I mean, you were on an absolutely uh, a rocket ship now. It, what is it like to be on a bike? I mean, is it just twist it and you're like, you know, you've got that speed when you can use that speed? Is it is it something that you just have confidence in having on with that bike? Um, yes, and it's still coming. Um it's the way it makes it's really fast in a straight line don't get me wrong uh but the way it makes power is a lot less friendly than what i've been used to in the past and so um actually like slowing the thing down and calming it down has been has been uh a big benefit so um yeah like but then when we get to when we get to the big tracks, you know, for example, Road Atlanta on the back straightaway and Road America on all the straights, like it's pretty incredible how fast that thing is. And just with the with the wings up front, 
just how planted it feels on the brakes and even just like coming up the front straightaway, not having to like roll out as much as you would think. Um, it's, it's a pretty, pretty impressive bike. That's for sure. Yeah. And I know Garrett feels the same way. I want, I want to talk a little bit about, about, well, Moto, Moto2 in particular, I'm sure you're still paying attention. I'm sure you're seeing what's going on out there. Uh, and I've got a bunch of questions around this, but I'm going to try to blend them into one. So in your, do you have any thoughts on, I don't know. I think, I don't know if SDK has another year with American racing or not. I don't know that he does. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Joe next year. It's been a tough year for both of them. Um, and then I saw this morning, you guys have probably saw it that there was uh, apparently SDK is going to get um, compartment surgery done on, on whatever arm or both arms, but he's having a lot of arm pump issues. So um, he's going to deal with that. Um, so kind of, do you have any idea what you think might be going on with those guys for next year? And also, um, are you, how do you feel about watching Moto2 this year? Are the guys that are doing what they're doing, what you expect? Are there any surprises that you see? I think I remember one of your good friends is Tony Arbolino and I've seen him at the, towards the front a little bit this year too. So, uh, Jake Dixon, Jake Dixon, oh, yeah. Jake Dixon. Okay. Yeah. Um, so talk about first race. that's right. That's right. So talk about Moto2 a little bit and then kind of that American racing team and our American riders, Joe Roberts as well. And tell me what you think's going on there. Um, <laughs> shoot. I mean, I think, yeah. uh, I, I think, I think Pedro and Arbolino, um, are really, really impressive riders. Uh, also Agura. Agura is yeah. really, he's a really incredible rider. Yeah. He's, struggled there at the beginning of the year a little bit because he I think he crashed a dirt bike in the off season and, and broke his wrist and he's been struggling with that coming back and that really just puts in perspective how competitive and how on point you have to be in that class because for a guy to win as many races as he did and always be always up front last year to come back with just a little just a touch off and when I'm saying a touch off he's maybe two tenths off but look what two tenths does in that class you know um so i think that he is going to be when when he moves up i to moto gp when arbolino and acosta move up i think they're going to be really impressive and uh, i hope jake gets a shot too um i know he's 27 now or something like that but he's been riding really incredible and i think that he will be better on a big bike so it's uh that class is brutal, man. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing how fast all those guys are. And, uh, it's so easy for people to sit at home to, and write guys off. Like when you see SDK struggling, you know, like people just have to realize that like he, just because he's sniffing around the points, like right, right around there, top 20, uh, like, he's still an amazing rider. Like all those guys are, they've been riding those tracks and those bikes for years and, and they are literally the best in the world. And like, let's be honest, like they're probably on, on better teams too. So, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's tough over there. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I hope the best for Sean. That's, that's a bummer. He's dealing with the arm pump the arm pump stuff. Um, I've been there in my career. 
And uh, I think that he actually did go to Dr. Brian um, over the off season because I gave him his contact and it sounded like they were going to sort something out. Um, but maybe he's, he's still dealing with, with, with some of it. So I'm not really sure. I haven't talked to him too much about it. Um, and then, and then same thing with Joe. Like I'm, I'm not really, I'm not sure. Like I said, just, if you're just a couple tenths off in that class, um, especially in qualifying, like if you're qual, if you qualify outside the, the first three, four rows, you're making your life really tough on you. So, um, it's one of those things though, like Joe is just loaded with talent. Like one week and he'll just show up and put the thing on the podium and you'll be like, Oh, like there's Joe. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that in the next, in the next couple rounds after the summer break, but yeah, I'm curious to see um, what their options are and what they what they do for next year. I think uh, the one thing, especially for Sean, like what he's only 21 years old, and uh, I don't see him. I don't I don't see why he wouldn't uh, do better next year if he you know if he gets another another opportunity. So uh, time will tell. Yeah, you know, Cameron, I. I've become kind of selfish about you riders. Um, of course, we missed you over in Moto2 and being able to talk to you, but I can't tell you how thrilled I am that you're back here, not just because of what I think of you as a person, but what it means to our sport and what it's ha what's happened to Superbike. I would be perfectly happy if every American rider would come back to this country and just go crazy in Moto America because I think it's become that competitive and it would be incredible if we had that, you know, our our best American talent from around the world. Um, look, look what, look what it's done to have you in there again. We've got a, we've got a legitimate, not a rivalry, but it's a battle. We don't know what's going to happen in every round. It's good for us. And I don't know, screw the world, I guess is how I feel. About it. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just how I feel. I mean, it's, it's so good to have our best here in, in our premier series. So, and I, I'm real glad that you're, you're happy to be here too, but it's just something I wanted to say. Yeah. And every, everyone's different, you know, like I know Joe and, and Sean, like they, they really want to be on the world stage and they're obviously younger than me. And, uh, and there's no reason, reason they shouldn't be. They're both incredible riders. Um, I'm just at like a different spot in my career now, you know, and I'm sure they'll get there someday too, where they, they, uh, they, I guess their priorities have, have like changed a little bit. So, uh, for me, for me. So, uh, but I mean, who, who knows, like that would be pretty cool if, uh, if they did come back in the future and we added a couple more guys to, to the list of who, who could win on Saturday, Sunday in Moto America, because it is growing, man. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see where it's at, even just from when, when I left. Okay. Time to be honest again. When you watch Moto2 races, because I do this, and I want to know if you do it too, but when I'm watching the Moto2 races now, I'm like, oh, I think Cameron would be like third here. And I think he'd probably be, okay, I think he'd be fourth by now. Okay, I think I, I kind of do that based on what I saw last year and based on the progression you were you were making. Do you watch those races a little bit and and try to think where you'd be? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like when I'm, when I'm watching time, because like, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of MotoGP. Like I watch all the practices and all the qualifiers and all the races. Like, I just love it. 
I love it. But I like as a competitive, as yeah, as a competitor, I, I can't help but think like, oh man, man, like they're doing this time. Like I did this time last year and, and uh, kind of put stuff together like that. But um, yeah, I think more than anything, when I'm watching the races, especially like Assen for this lap, this, this, uh, this pre previous round, mm -hmm. I'm looking and seeing, um, just like, I, I saw like where I, where I almost, you know, I crashed out with four laps to go or something like that. But I just like, I kind of kicked myself. Cause I was like, man, I could have made my life so much easier if I qualified better. Cause you just look back at like some of those rounds that I had last year where I, uh, I was, I'd kind of struggle to just put a lap time up and qualifying. I'd find myself 18th on the grid and then I'd have some really good rides through the pack, like up into the top five. And then I'd like, I'd toss it away, you know? And, uh, it's so more than anything when I'm watching, I'm just kind of kicking myself like, dude, like if I stayed up for a couple more laps or I don't know, but, uh, right. I was definitely riding over my head a lot that those last couple years, um, but I feel like it's, it's made me a better rider for sure. I was going to ask you that. I mean, it looks like from the outside looking in, it looks like you're, you're a better rider and, and you would be just based on the experience of those last couple of years. But I also think you look to me like you're more aggressive than you were when you left here. Like even like in the first, I think it was the, the, the second race at, uh, at Ridge, you guys fired off into that chicane thing. And you were kind of a little bit on the outside, but then you just stuffed it under somebody. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Heron. And then you guys kind of came out together. But you look to be more aggressive than than you used to be. Am I right in that? Yeah, but I think at the same time, in the past, I I wasn't in a position where I had to be had to be super aggressive because I felt like I had a little time on some of the guys. True. But right now, I don't feel like that. Like, I feel like if Jake gets gets away too early, I'm dead meat. So I feel like it puts me in a position where I have to be a little more aggressive. And, and I think uh, it's done that with everybody. Yeah. And I I mean, for sure, the last couple of years um, helped that because if you're not aggressive, if you're not passing someone on the first lap, you're going backwards. So uh yeah, I can say that helped out for sure. When we talked earlier in the year, you weren't sure yet because you hadn't even, well, maybe you tested it or whatever, but I asked you if, um, you know, if you, if, if you were going to stick with that Moto2 style or if you'd be back to your old style and you sort of thought it would probably be somewhere in between. Has that been the case? Yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, it's funny you say that is when I first got on the BMW, I kind of reverted straight back to, uh, more of a super bike upright style, but I feel like right now it's, it's somewhat of a mix. Um, I definitely don't hang off as much as I did on the Moto2 bike, but I feel like I hang off more than when I left. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I haven't looked at the pictures side by side, which is what I did last year and you could see a big difference, but it'd be interesting to look at some photos and, and kind of see what that body positioning's like. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember, Paul, we, you would do some, kind of a side-by-side -side with Cameron in some of our social media posts to yeah, show. Yeah, it was a huge audience. difference. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Cameron, I want to talk about your crash at Ridge. So I didn't know this, and I want to know if you knew this, but when you went down and you, you know, the concept of actively competing has been bandied about a lot this year, and it's been made fun of. 
But, you know, from the moment you went down, you were actively competing in terms of getting back on the bike as quickly as you could. You did it really quick. I just didn't know that the amount of time that it took you to do that was exactly what they were timing and that they used that um, to basically position you as in the results. And did you did you have any idea that when you went down, it's like, oh, I got to get back on the bike as quick as possible because this amount of time is what's going to count against me. I mean, I did you even consider that no no i was just running back to my bike because it wasn't my bike was completely fine like i would have been able to finish those those three laps like i i was honestly pretty angry that i saw the red flag um because i was like man like there goes my race they they like they're gonna dnf me because i caused the or because the the red flag was caused by me um yeah but like i said when i picked my bike up I, I turned the thing on, it fired up right away and I was to- completely fine to finish those three laps and I would have ended up seventh, uh, which is what they credited, credited, we credited it with me anyways. So, right. um, yeah, I was honestly kind of surprised to see I had nine points, seven place, seventh place points, but in reality, that's where I would have been anyways, if they didn't red flag you know, in the other part of that, I want to ask you, <laughs> I'm going to ask it anyway, but Josh Hayes used to make fun of me all the time when it, when the times that he would crash, I'd, I'd say, did you expect to crash? And he always would laugh and go, no, I didn't expect to crash. But my point in this, I don't know how to articulate it any better than when that happened. Did it surprise you or did you feel like you might have done something that, yeah, this, I, I, I no wonder I went down. How did you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I was... <sighs> I was, I think I was asking a little too much going into there for sure. The, the rear end kicked out pretty good on me. Um, and it didn't, it was not coming back. Like it was just kept sliding, kept sliding, kept sliding, and then slowly came back, but at the worst time, right over the bumps. And, uh, we actually made a change from Saturday to Sunday um peter brought over some some stuff that allowed us to change up the engine braking strategy a little bit from like lean angle based to rpm based and i feel like that that is going to help especially at tracks like we have have here in america that are a little bumpy you're not always on like the the right you can you can you can take a little different line um and not be quite as consistent and not really lose time compared to some of the tracks in Europe uh, that are a little flatter and, and you have to be more consistent on. So um, I think going in, into that corner, for example, I was in there a little hot. And so I put a little more lean angle into the bike and I was just, I was just trying to uh, trying to get it to the apex because I knew I was in there hot and I was, you know, I was excited. I had just caught up, up to Jake and um, we only had three laps left and uh I was pretty pissed after that race for sure because yeah, just to work that hard to track Jake down and, and I was only taking like a 10th or so out of him a lap. And then it seemed like he would pull me some laps and it was a pretty exhausting race just to, just to get up to the back of him. I was riding, I was kind of riding over the limit at some point. So, uh, yeah, that, 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 uh, that sucked, but at least, uh, we went back and, figured some stuff out for Sunday and, and, uh, we're able to get it done Sunday. I want to ask you real quick about WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It's funny. Cause that track, 
I mean, it's it's a track that's nearer to you, but it's not exactly close by. And I don't know if you necessarily consider it a home track in that you didn't, you know, you don't ride on it any more than any any other track. And it was the same way with uh, Sonoma. You know, it was closer to your home, but you still didn't ride on it any more than anybody else. But I'll never forget that one year in Daytona Sport Bike. I think it was when you were racing against Cardenas and it was like the last corner or something. But you you beat him to the you beat him like right at the last second on that race, and I, that's when I was pretty impressed with what you could do at that track. You like that track? What is it about it? And it, it can't be just that it's semi close to where you're at. There's got to be something about that. And even on the BMW, what are you going to like about it? Because it's not certainly not known for a track that's got a lot of sections where you can really wring the the neck on your BMW. So what what are you looking forward to about that track? Yeah, I don't know. Something about Laguna is just, uh, it's just a special track. You know, I just, I think I really just enjoy those that weekend every year. Uh, not only because the track's so cool, but just like you can at night, you can go downtown and Monterey or Cannery Row and uh, you see all the bikes lined up on Cannery Row and everyone's just having a good time. And, um, and to like a lot of my family and friends get to come out to that race. Cause you know, it's a few hours down the road from us. Um, and that's always special being able to race in front of your family and friends and just, just, uh, having them there and enjoying the weekend. And it's pretty, it's pretty hard not to enjoy yourself when you're in Monterey for the weekend and you get to go to the racetrack and then go out to, you know, Canary row area at night. So, uh, uh yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a different beast on, on this bike, the Yamaha rolls pretty, pretty dang good around that place. Um, but I also said that about Ridge. So I think, I think, uh, yeah, we just got to go in pretty optimistic. And like I said, with the new pavement too, it's gonna, it's kind of, it's just new for everyone. So we'll, we'll see. All right. I'm going to ask you this because somebody asked me and I hadn't really given it much thought, but with BMW's big presence in world Superbike. If they if they said, hey, Cam, could you come over here and help us? Or could you this guy got injured and could you come ride the bike for us once? I, I don't think you'd be interested in 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 going to the World Superbike Championship full time. But did, would it interest you to to go do a wild card ride if, if they wanted you to? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be that would be really cool. Um, I think it would just have to be it would have to work out for, for both of us, you know? Um, I do think, man, it's, it's tough. Cause I, I do, I feel like there is really good potential in that bike. Um, but I feel like I got a taste of what they had been struggling with this, these past couple of years earlier, earlier this year. And even, even still now, um, there's a lot of stuff we've thrown at the bike. Um, that gives you a different feel, but you don't see anything different on the lap timer. Um, so I think that's kind of what they're going through, but I know they're going to make a big push going into next year with top rack coming. And I think that things, that things going to get, going to get better and better. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if I have had the opportunity, that'd be, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And I think the top rack thing, like you mentioned it, it, to me, it really shows a big commitment on BMW's part. And I think, you know, ultimately the trickle down from, from that guy being signed by that team, the trickle down is going to, is going to ultimately help you guys as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree.
All right, that's all I've got, Sean. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good too. It's funny, it's ironic, Cameron. I'm I know you realize this, but they're racing at Donington this weekend where you did race a world superbike round in the past. So I was even thinking, did you want to be over there this weekend? It's just to see what it was like because you know the track. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they uh to be honest with you guys, they they did actually ask me um a few rounds ago to if I could fill in. I think it was after it was after Vandermark got hurt or maybe yeah. right wow. around Vandermark Baz when they got hurt. Cause they got hurt pretty close to each other, but then Baz came back pretty quick. Um, but just with the way life's gone lately, I, I think it was a conflicting round with uh, a race here and maybe even like a test here. Um, and obviously with Brody, with Brody coming, like there was just, there was no way I was able to, I was able to, to go do something like that right now. So, um, hopefully that, you know, obviously I want those guys to stay healthy, but it'd be pretty cool to get an opportunity to, to get over there and do something with them, uh, in the future. But, um, I'm pretty content with what I got going right now with, with the Titlers guys and, uh, yeah. And BMW has been, been awesome too on their, their side. They've, they've, uh, been taking care of, taking good care of me. They actually gave me a, a loaner, an X5 loaner for, for Shelby and I, uh, this year. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, and yeah. Oh, Cameron, I got to tell you something real quick, Paul. Sorry. I got to get this in here. So, so at Barber, Paul knows this at Barber. I don't know what happened, but when I landed, they didn't have any rentals left. So they actually gave me an X5 at the enterprise counter and I got it. <laughs> and i could not even figure out how to start it put it in gear and then there's that weird thing with raising and lowering the height of the thing it's got yep. two bells and whistles i don't even know what to do oh <laughs> they're so luxury it's crazy like i i've never i've never had a car yeah or any anything quite like this so that was pretty cool yeah. you've seen the cars that this guy normally shows up in <laughs> <laughs> no seriously they it looks like clowns getting out of that thing <laughs> Hey, I remember, Sean Bystow. I remember, yeah, that's, oh, you're talking about me. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's always, a, as as Richie Doan says, I drive a one-door hatchback. That's what he always says. So. Uh, <laughs> and it is a clown car. Anyway, all right. I think we're good. All right, Cameron. Thanks, um, as always, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Bye. See you.